Amen. Well, we serve a God who can be trusted. Amen. That's a blessing. Thank you so much, Glory Bound. Appreciate that. Again, it is good to have guests with us this past um, Sunday night. We're going through the book of Acts and uh, considered in Acts chapter 20, the teamwork necessary to leave a legacy. And uh, tonight we have, of course, you as our guest with college days. And I believe there's a difference to be made in America. It will be made through young adults and young couples and couples like you that have come and answering God's call on your life. And so we're really glad that you're here. And I know we have many for the very first time, no doubt, to be here in Oklahoma City and maybe at Southwest Baptist Church as well as Heartland Baptist Bible College. And we're glad to welcome you here this evening. I'm sure you'll be recognized, no doubt, as well, even tomorrow and, and the next day at the campus. We're glad to welcome you here tonight. Uh, but I, I'd like to ask uh, for all the, uh, maybe the uh, PCBBC and the Heartland graduates, uh, for you to stand. I always love for the church to see uh, how many are serving now in youth groups, pastors, missionaries, please. You're full-time Christian, you and your wife, your wife's with you, uh, and a Heartland grad in this wonderful. Amen. Amen. And so many of them, of course, came here and um, as freshmen and learned and got involved. And I believe it was a help to them. And I, I've got to tell you, it's a joy to see uh, so many of them serving in so many different places now and affecting different lives. And, and so we feel like we're in a real unique place here as uh, the church and uh, at Southwest and just being able to have a little part in their life and, and, uh, and, see, and then rejoicing in the fruit of the labor that is for his name. It's not for our name, it's for his name. It sure is encouraging to see you sticking with it. And so thank God for that. How about we all take our Bibles tonight and turn to Proverbs chapter number 5. If you would please, Proverbs and chapter number 5. Just before the service night, we had our teachers meeting. We have a meal, fellowship, and then Brother Park Sutton. Uh, Brother Park, raise your hand just right here in the uh, center section there. Brother Sutton uh, brought a challenge to us and uh, about the life of David and, uh, of course, Goliath, that story. Uh, but, of course, another graduate that, uh, of, of PCBBC that is having an effect on our church. I'm telling you, it was good stuff. It's good stuff. We really do appreciate uh, that very, very much. We're in a series through the book of Proverbs, and the series has been entitled Pondering. It means thinking ahead, pondering your path of life. It's best for you to think about it right now. Ponder. Think ahead. Pondering your path of life. But as we've been going through, and this is Sermon 12 in the book of Proverbs, it's been evident that this series is not just for young adults and young people. It's for adults as well. It's for all of us. The Word of God is relevant. We don't have to make it relevant. It is relevant. And so this is just where we are in the series. And so determine as God leads, unless he leads otherwise, I sure want to be sensitive to that. But this is where we are in our series. And so we've come now to Proverbs chapter number five. And I do trust God's timeliness. And I believe that this is the message that we ought to consider tonight. And it can be a little bit sensitive in its content, its nature, in the sense that it deals with uh, the married love of a husband and a wife, but of all times in life in which I believe you need to hear that, it's now for all of us. And so uh, without any further ado, how about we read the Word of God here tonight? Proverbs chapter number 5 and verse number 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. Four, the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, 
and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way, what's the next word? Far. Remove thy way far from her. Come not nigh the door of her house, lest thou give thine honor unto others, and thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. And thou mourn at the last, when thy flesh and thy body are consumed, and say, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined mine ear to them that instructed me during college days. <laughs> it's about right, isn't it? I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. Drink waters out of thine own cistern. Running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. And why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth, he thinks ahead, he pondereth all his goings. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. He shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Tonight, I want to challenge you to ponder the wisdom. Ponder the wisdom of married love. Ponder the wisdom. It's okay to say amen. Ponder the wisdom of married love. Amen. Sunday night, we considered Eutychus how he fell out because he fell asleep. I don't envision anybody going to sleep tonight. <laughs> you might be tuned in. I believe you ought to be. Now, I'm going to be discreet with God's help, but also at the same time, I want to speak and preach directly to all of us here tonight. Is it not true the world's saying a plenty about this? And here it is right before us in the Word of God. I don't want to shy away from it. I realize we have uh, children in here tonight, so it's going to be appropriate. I, I'm telling you, I'm not sure exactly, but once we come to chapter 6 and chapter 7, we may be having the men in one place and the ladies in another place and the children in another place. I'm not sure, but I'm telling you, the Word of God will help us here tonight. I know that for sure. It may help us by way of prevention, and I hope that's what's going to take place here tonight. If God could prevent somebody from a world of hurt that would be worth our time and worth the miles of travel, I trust that. I know that. It could be correction here tonight. It could be correction here tonight because you can be in church and be violating the Word of God. Would you ponder? Would you ponder the, the wisdom? I mean, this is good stuff. Would you ponder the wisdom of married love? So, Father, we're, again, we just pray because we're dependent on you, of course. And, and I'm asking, I, I believe this is what we're to consider tonight. I'm trusting that, and I certainly trust your word. And I, like the song said, believe you, and your way is best. It's right. It's good. It's, it's far superior to anything the world has to offer. God, would you help every young person here tonight? Our minds are on the young people because we have so many among us. We love them. I know you love them. And so I can't help but think to preach to them tonight. And I know everyone here understands that. But also tonight, God, because of who this passage was orig originally, uh, to whom it was written, God, you were writing to a married man. And so tonight, I pray you'd speak to all the married men and all the married women of every age, every background. Dear God, help us to pay attention here. And so, God, I pray you'd help. And we want to lend you, God, the opportunity to speak to our hearts. 
I pray for tonight, of course, but I pray not just for your work tonight, but I do pray for the remainder of the college days that you might help Brother Davison to preach and Brother Sutton to also preach and thunder forth your word and help us to have, I pray, receptive ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> I want you to listen to this statement here tonight by Warren Wiersbe. He said, God did not put the marriage wall around sex, the physical union between a husband and a wife. God did not put that marriage wall around that physical relationship to rob us of pleasure, but to increase pleasure and protect it. You know, I'm afraid that um, in many ways we have highlighted the negative aspect of what the Word of God says. In many ways, and at times, to the neglect of the positive. And it may be because preachers tend to turn red when they emphasize some of the positive. And when you have a bald head, it is hard to hide red. <laughs> and it's right. I, I mean, it's right. It's right that, that your life and your lifetime as you are, are growing up in a youth group, you ought to th by the way, you ought to thank God for that. And it's right that all of us those of us that are post-youth group, that's a good way to say that, isn't it? Post-youth group. Um, it's right that we hear and that we hear often, thou shalt not, thou shalt not commit adultery. It is right that we hear that and that we hear it often. It is right that we hear that thou shalt not commit fornication. It is right that we hear, you want to know what God's will is for your life? This is the will of God. You want to know what it is? The, how much more clear could it become? This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye abstain. I mean, stay away from fornication, sexual sin of any type. God's plan is one man, one woman for one lifetime. One man who's always been a man with one woman who's always been a woman for one lifetime. That is God's plan. Yes, it is. Yep. You're supposed to stay together till it kills one of you, is what somebody has said. But it's right. In preparation for that lifelong marriage, it is right that you adhere several messages, and I'm going to emphasize it tonight because it's in the first half of this chapter. I have chosen to go ahead and deal with, with God's help and with accelerated rate, the full chapter, because this is the speech, the whole speech that the Father gave. And I could do it in two parts, but you're not going to be here next week. And so we're going to, you listen fast, and I'm going to preach fast. But I want you to get it, but it's right that you should hear, thou shalt not. But, but also, I believe this to be the case because it's in the word of God, inappropriate ways and at appropriate times and in proper context, I understand why all those things are so important, but that we also, along with that which we would maybe consider negative and that no, 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 thou shalt not, don't do that, don't do that. With as much fervency as we hear that you should not, we should also hear, hey, God's way is really, really superior and way better than anything else in the world, that it's real good. Amen. Yes. God, listen, God is so strongly opposed to sexual relationships outside of marriage because he is so strongly in favor of marriage relationship, the physical relationship within marriage. That's why he's so strongly opposed to anything outside is because he's so strongly in favor of that which is inside. Okay. If you're a Thunder fan... Just preaching in the context here tonight. <laughs> then you're positively a Thunder fan. And that means that you're negative about other teams. It's just natural. You don't like Miami? It's just natural. 
There's a lot of other illustrations I could give, but I totally lose control here tonight. <laughs> I think you get the point. Someone might say, why is the Bible always so negative? I mean, it's like everything is, no, no, no. My preacher is against everything. I think he's against breathing. <laughs> Stop breathing. Stop it. I mean, you kind of get that idea, don't you, that he's, he's just against everything. No, wait a minute. The reason he appears to be against everything is because he's very much for something. Amen. And the reason why your parents are so very much against certain things is because, because there's, a, there's a greater yes. There are a bunch of little no's, but that's because there's a greater yes. You see, to get here tonight, you in driving, whoever was driving your van or driving your car, you had to say no to a whole bunch of roads in order to say yes to the right road. There's no way that you could have ever arrived here if you said yes to this road and yes and yes. Hey, how about that one? Oh, that one looks good. You'd not be here, but you're here. Why? Because somebody said, no, no, that's not it. That's not it. Not that exit. Not that exit. Not that exit. Not that one. This one. This is it. And you're here. Well, we're going deep tonight. <laughs> but I'm telling you, young people, if you want to walk down that aisle and say yes to the right young man in your life or yes to the right young lady, you're going to have to say a whole bunch of no's. The Bible is negative regarding sexual sin because it is positive regarding marital intimacy. This passage, as many others, warns us tonight of the high price of infidelity. But it does that not only by showing the price, but also by highlighting the supreme enjoyment to be found within that faithful marriage relationship. And thus, tonight, you might be surprised to find out how much the Bible says in a positive way about the sexual relationship. In fact... I'm not going to be able to go into everything that's here. But if you read this and you read chapter 6 and you read Songless Solomon, which I believe you ought to, at the right time, I believe you might say something like this. You mean that's in the Bible? And you could read that out loud? And not turn red like this. Yeah. I like how a man named Derek Kidner said it. He said, um, this chapter highlights the lasting delight of a faithful marriage against its pathetic alternative. Isn't that good? It highlights the lasting, oh, I like that. The lasting delight of faithful marriage over against the pathetic alternatives. And I say to you tonight that there are many pathetic alternatives. Many. God wants to help us tonight to avoid those pathetic alternatives. That too. Hey, the father recognizes his son's sexual desire and he says it's God-given. He compares it to his son's thirst. He compares his son to a young buck. You say, where'd you get that? He said his wife would be like a pleasant roe. That's a deer, a doe, a deer, a female deer. That's what it is. So she's the doe, he's the buck. And that's all right. In other words, he's saying, son, I understand. I understand that the desire is strong. But I also want to tell you, son, God holds you accountable. The desire is strong, but God holds you accountable. And that's a good thing. Okay, I, my, 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 this comes to my mind often about 
uh, an uncle that had that was an evangelist and he played football and, and everything. He said they had a coach called Coach Bino. He said, now we never called him Coach Bino to his face. But he said, we called him Coach Bino because he'd say things like this. As long as you're on this football team, there'll be no smoking. There'll be no drinking. There'll be no staying out late at night. There'll be none of this and be none of that. But listen, here's the point. The reason he seemed to be Coach Bino is because he wanted them to perform well on the field so as to win. That's what God wants in our lives. I say it often without apology that a fire in the house is fine as long as it's in the fireplace. But once that fire gets out of that fireplace, it can cause some major damage in that house. Water in a river is fine as long as it's within its banks. But once those waters swell and overflow those banks, my friend, it can, it can destroy homes and businesses and land and territory. And I'm telling you, I'm fearful today for what has taken place in the lives of American families. I'm fearful today. I'm concerned is what I mean. I'm concerned about what has taken place, not just in families that are out there, but families that are within the church. This passage was written to help married couples. He's writing to a married man. Unfortunately, in our society, marriage is portrayed to be boring. Hey, it's monogamous, not monotonous. He said, rejoice with the wife of your youth. In other words, he's saying, son, son, this is good. Son, you can be married and happy at the same time. Now, I believe here's some of what's happening, though. Maybe even some of you here tonight are saying, you know, if that's what marriage is like, I don't want anything to do with it. But wait a minute. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater to use that proverb. But here, here's the point. Here's what we should consider. Just because marriage is not working in a relationship that you know does not mean that God's way will not work because God's way most definitely will work. And so husbands and wives ought to be reminded by this passage of how good marriage is. By the grace of God, I state publicly that I am a happily, and I've got happily in all caps, I'm a happily married man. Got my woe man. <laughs> so you might say, okay, so this passage is just to married people. What about those that are not married? Hey, listen, I believe you need this tonight. The best time for premarital counseling is before you get married. You know, our world has done an effective job of making sex outside of marriage look good. It's saturated our culture. I recently read an article that, that documented researchers at the Annenberg Public Policy Center at the University of Pennsylvania who reviewed 390 popular movies. We're talking about top-grossing movies, in other words, money-making movies, Rating from G to R that have been released since 1985 to 2010 and found that of those 390 movies, 90% of those feature the main character acting with violence. 90%. 77% portraying sex outside of marriage. They said there's little data to indicate the difference between a PG-13 movie and an R movie. Hey, listen, just because you're 13 doesn't mean it's time for you to watch a PG-13 movie. Okay, look, I'm just going to be up front with you tonight. If you take and listen to what I'm preaching to you and others preach to you, you're going to be different. But you're going to be different. The final uh, words of that article said this, it doesn't take academic studies to prove to us that obscene and completely unbiblical portrayals 
of sexuality are saturated in our mass mainstream media. Then they said this, never before in our nation's history have young people been exposed to lyrics, TV shows, movies, and even commercials so ungodly that they seem to hearken back to the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm saying to you tonight that you need to know the whole story. I'm saying to you tonight that you better know where that bus is going before you get on it. I'm saying to you tonight that you better ponder the path of your feet. And I'm saying to you tonight, one of the most helpful things that I heard as a teenager was this saying, and it was unknown as to who said it, but the, 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 the quote goes this way. The reason most people fail instead of succeed is they give up what they want most for what they want at the moment. If I went around here tonight and I went to young people that are gathered here from all over America and I asked you tonight, what is it, what is it that, and I asked Bible college students, listen to me tonight, if I went around this evening and I asked you, what is it that you really want most? I believe you'd say something like this. I want to serve God with my life. I want to be married. I want to be happily married. I want to have children. If I'm talking to a man, he'd say, I, I want to have boys and I want to wrestle those boys. I want to suplex them in the living room. Isn't that right? I want to wrestle. I want to throw ball with them. I want to do this. I want to have a happy family. I want to have a little girl to raise and take out on a date. Hey, I'd say you'd say something like that. That's what you want most. So don't you give up what you want most for what you want on a Friday night. Or don't you give up what you want most for what you want in a little click on a website. Ponder. Ponder the beauty. Ponder the wisdom of marital love. I got to thinking about this. I wonder how many courtrooms would have been empty today if somebody had heeded this message. How many jail rooms would have been emptied out if somebody had answered and listened to this message? How many abortion clinics? How many bar rooms would be empty? How many websites would not have been clicked on? Somebody just listened. And then I got to thinking about this. How many kitchens and dining room tables would have had people around? And how many living rooms would have been filled with laughter? And how many church pews would have been filled and how many family gatherings would have been gathered together without the awkwardness? Are you listening to me tonight? How many pulpits would still be filled? I'm telling you, we're in a dangerous and an epidemic uh, proportions of what has taken place. I just got to thinking about Samson would have still had his eyes and he would have had his hair and Uriah would have been alive and the kingdom under Solomon, the man who wrote this, would not have been divided. I'm telling you, this is wicked and it's vile and it's destroying our very country. But it does not have to destroy your life. We are now officially through the introduction. father wanted his son to listen intently. He said, son, you got to give me an ear. You got to bow down your ear and listen to me real close. I'll tell you why. Because there's pain associated with sexual sin, my son, that will not go away. Can God forgive you? Yes, he can. But there's even consequences for forgiven sin. Would you lend me your ear here just a little bit longer tonight? We're not going to take time tonight to walk through all the particulars of this passage. We don't have time. Paul preached till midnight, though. I just read that passage. That's the thing about some application. Honestly, I think I could go to about midnight because this is like a passion in my heart about out of this text that you get this. He said, son, listen, you better listen carefully to me because the lips of a strange woman, they drop like honeycomb. They, like, they drop like honey. Hey, you know what he's saying? And, and by the way, it's not just a woman that can be seductive towards a man, but the flip would also be true. But he's talking to his son here. 
If I was talking to a daughter, I'd say, listen, daughter, his words can be sweet as honey, but I'm telling you, they got a bitter aftertaste. You know, it always starts with words. Would you listen to me tonight? Because somebody's going to see how far you'll go with words. And they're going to gauge how far you'll go in actions based on your words. If you're not thinking right, it's just a matter of time till you're not talking right. And if you're not talking right, no, wait, listen to me. I know what it's like to be in a youth group and have innuendos that are floating around even within that youth group. Would you listen to me here tonight? I know that that can be the case. If you're not thinking right, you're not talking right. And if you're not talking right, it's just a matter of time till you're not doing right. I want to ask you here tonight, are your words right? Is what you're texting right? Is it right that you're even texting in the first place? Do you have permission? Or if her daddy got hold of that text, would you hear something like this? Is your text right? Can I encourage you tonight to slow down on the text? Slow down on these texts and speed up on this text. You've got to saturate your mind here. I'm afraid you're spending too much time. I'm, I'm talking, listen, listen, listen. I'm not just speaking to teenagers here tonight. I'm talking to young married men. I'm speaking to young married women. I'm speaking to middle-aged married men and middle-aged married women and older individuals as well. Hey, listen, age does not make this temptation thing just magically go away. Ministry doesn't make it magically go away. Listen, there's a danger that is always around us. I'm asking you tonight or your text to Appropriate? Are your emails appropriate? Are your phone conversations appropriate? Is your speech with your friends in private appropriate? Is it pure? Is it holy? At church? In the van? At school? And on your social media site? Is it pure? He says, son, listen, she'll talk real sweet to you, but she'll stab you in the back and she's got a two-edged sword. It literally means this. It's a sword with two mouths, just like she has two mouths. She says one thing to you, but she's got another thing in mind. The same thing could be said about a man towards you young ladies and how that they'll speak real sweet to you, make you feel like you're really somebody special, like you're the only one that's in his phone. If he's flirting with you in a way that ought not to be fl flirted, <laughs> then I dare say he probably has more than just you in his phone. Sin has a bad aftertaste. I want you to notice verse 5 that, that, that he says here, her feet and her steps go down to hell. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Look, it did not say the leaps. It said feet and steps. That means it's incremental. Her ways are movable, lest you should what? Ponder the path of your feet, lest you should think about it. You see, here's what I found about sexual temptation. It gets moving so fast that you don't have time to think. You listening to me tonight? You don't realize how dangerous it is for you to be around that person. Some of you maybe even have had your parents say, I think you need to break things off with them. And you're thinking, oh, I think it's okay. I think I can handle it. But that person's ways, they're slippery. They're slick. I'm telling you, they are slick because they, they come to church, they dress the part. I'm telling you, they're there all the time. And they seem like they're a good person. But then, you know, I'm telling you, they're slick. Slick. Be in Bible college and be slick. Be in the ministry and be slick. Because sexual sin is such a strong allurement, great measures must be taken so as to save your life. Look at verse 7. He says this, hear me now. In fact, the word now is the first word in the Hebrew text. Now listen. Hear me now. This is urgent. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children. Depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far. You know what that means? Put distance between you and her. Literally, that's what it means. Put distance between you and her. She cut eyes at you. 
I'm not talking about, I realize, you know, there's, there, for a young person that's not married, there's going to be that, that your eyes meet across the room. Angie and I were in the second grade and our eyes met. <laughs> there's going to be that. If you're a married man and somebody's attracted to you and they send that attraction signal, I'll tell you what you better do. Find you another job. Whatever it's going to take, you better find you a different place to work. You better at least avoid her. She might find you attractive, but you act like you're a dweeb. Some of you men, some of us, when I just kind of laugh like... <laughs> She'll move on. Mm. You may have to break with that set of friends. You may have to change where you're sitting. You may have to unfriend them. In fact, I don't think it's good for a married man to have women as friends that's not his wife on his social media thing. I'm a bot. I don't think it's good for you as a married man to have a bunch of girls' names in your phone. I don't think it's good for a single man, a single man, not a single man here, not a single man to have a bunch of names. Hey, wait a minute. You know, your friends, your guy, you need to have guy friends right now. Your girl, you need to have girlfriends right now. You, need, you know what you need to do? Just wait on God. Just go to sleep like Adam did. God woke him up and he said, wow, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She should be called, whoa, man. And she could, he could say to Eve, you're the most beautiful woman upon the face of the earth and mean it with all of his heart. Yes, he could. You're the only one for me and mean it. But I'm telling you, on June the 6th, 1998, as Angie Decker at that time walked down the aisle, I was saying, whoa. Look what God's doing. I'm telling you, that's what went through my mind. I, my knees were shaking. Tears were falling. I was about to pass out. It was the best day of my life other than my salvation. I couldn't believe what God was doing. Yeah. She's the only woman for me. He says, hey, you better listen to me because if you don't, you'll give your years to the cruel. You know what that might mean? It might mean that her husband is going to get angry and kill you. Study it out yourself later. <laughs> Thy years unto the cruel. <laughs> Thy years, I studied this, it means his best years. You give the prime of your life to something that will waste your time. So, verse 10, somebody ends up with your hard-earned money. Daddy told me it's cheaper to keep her, son. Well, it's true. It wasn't the only thing he told me. And anyways. Verse number 11, you'll waste away physically. Mourn at the last. May very well be sexually transmitted disease could destroy your physical well-being. You live with regrets. Man, I hated instruction. You know what the word hated means? It doesn't mean you're like, man, I wish he'd stop preaching so we could go to Gaddy Town. <laughs> That's not it necessarily. That could be part of it. But you just disdained it. You disregarded it. You didn't think it applied to you. Despised, I spurned it, reproof, reprimand, and I didn't obey my teachers. I didn't listen. And you know what he said in verse 14? He said, It's like my life almost came to complete ruin in the assembly. In other words, everybody knew about it. Is anybody in their right mind here tonight want to end up like what verse 14 is saying? I want to thank God tonight that because some of you maybe are knowing exactly what I'm talking about because you've been down that road and you've messed up your life and you're thankful and you're here tonight and we're thankful for that. And I'm thankful that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and God is a God of second and third and fourth chances and he can change your life radically and he's moved you into a marriage and you're happy. I'm telling you, you can be just as happy as anybody else in marriage. 
But I believe that those folks that are hearing me tonight would say, preacher, please don't back down now. Draw, knock it up another gear because they need to hear this tonight. Well, that's a negative side. There's a positive side to this. In fact, I wrote it down this way. There is a limitless source of sexual fulfillment in God's plan. A limitless source. You say, where did you get that? Look at verse 15. Drink what? Waters. He's not talking about going to the water fountain, my friend. Drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. He's using an illustration. He's saying, listen, don't go to some dirty, muddy puddle when you've got a wife at home. That's not just like a cistern, but she's like a deep well, and she's not just like a well, but she's like a fountain that just keeps bubbling. I know you're scared to say amen right now, but that's exactly what he's saying. It's exactly what he's saying. He said, listen, she can satisfy you. She's like a beautiful river inside of marriage, sex outside of marriage. Warren Wiersbe says it's like a sewer that defiles everything. She can satisfy many men, according to verse number 16. But in verse number 17, he says this, but she's only yours. Amen. And then in verse number 18, he says, let thy fountain be blessed. Question, who does the blessing? Who blesses? God blesses. You know what he's saying? He's saying, son, would you listen to me? Your wife has a blessing on her for your physical union that nobody else has. Anybody else? I like to say it this way. Less than blessed. Kind of got quiet. Kind of got awkward. But it's good. Anybody else? Less than blessed. Less than blessed. Less than blessed. Less than blessed. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter what she looks like. If she's not your wife, my friend, she's less than blessed. It doesn't matter what magazine she's on. It doesn't matter how many websites. Hey, anybody else is less than blessed. Your fountain is blessed. Used to say it to the little boys as they were there in the, in the nursery and, and they'd go over here, you know, and they'd drink from this kid's sippy cup and then over here and drink from this kid's sippy cup and drink from this sippy cup, you know what I mean? And we'd say, hey, drink juice from thine own sippy cup. <laughs> you know why? Because if they drink here and here and here, what's going to happen? They're going to get sick. Why is American teenagers sick? Why is college students sick? Why is America sick and sin? Because we've been here and there and here and there. Hey, listen, there's a thirst, but there's a way to satisfy that thirst. And God says, listen, all you can enjoy right there within marriage, but outside of it, it's poison. It's poison. It's poison. But here, it's good. It's good. It doesn't have a bitter end. It does not have any remorse. It doesn't have you leave you with a bad conscience that keeps you up. No, it's good stuff right there. Rejoice with the wife of thy youth. God gave you. Be ravished. That means intoxicated. I looked the word up and it means staggered. You check it out, that's what it means. I'm just here to preach. I'm just here to declare what it says. He says, listen, her love, son, is intoxicating. Be ravished with her love. Captivated. Since there's a limitless supply and source and fulfillment in God's plan for marriage, I'm going to use this word. You ready? It's absurd. It's ludicrous. There's a lot of other words that you could put with that. It's dumb. And it's synonyms. It's foolish. He says, son, listen. 
Your wife is the one that is so blessed. It would be absolutely foolish for you to be staggering around with some other woman. When your wife is the only one that you need. It makes absolutely no sense. And that's the reason I almost call this sermon this. Only fools commit adultery. Because that's the truth. Why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with the bosom of a stranger? And then you think you're getting away with it. Think nobody knows. Verse 21 says otherwise. The ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord. Hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. It's not like he pays attention to your life for a little while and then he gets, gets a little bit distracted and he forgot about you. Oh, I better check on them. No, always. Your life is before his eyes. Always. Man, it sure seems like that sexual experience is just would be liberating and all those things. Verse 22 says otherwise. It's binding. Taken in a snare. It's impossible to sin without being bound. Instead of being delivering or delivering life, it actually brings you to death. If you're not captivated, sir, listen to me. If you're not captivated by your wife, you'll be captivated with death. You know, I believe a lot of men are not having the relationship with their wife because they're everywhere else. The same could be true about a woman and her husband. A man named Robert Chisholm said it this way. He said, God sees everything a man does and has rigged the world in such a way that sexual promiscuity destroys a sinner. God has rigged it this way. God has made it this way. So I say to you, by way of application, this. You're married. You ought to be happily married. And that's going to take work. That means when you come home, that you need to come home and kiss your wife. Right on the mouth. <laughs> right in front of the kids. Our youngest one says, I saw you. <laughs> Married couples, how desperately we need to stay in the word. How desperately we need to stay in love. And that's a choice. Be loving to your spouse. Well, I'll start being loving to her. When she starts being, I'll start respecting him when he starts. You're going to stay right where you are. You know what you need to do? Go back to how you were before you got married. When people come in the office and they're having marriage trouble, you know what I'm trying to do? Get them back to how they were when they were courting. When they talked all the time. Both of them. Male and female. <laughs> when they just couldn't get enough time together. Hey, you know what? All of us need that time of being rekindled. Parents, I believe we need to learn from this proverb that we need to model happiness that comes from following God's plan. Yes. And talk about it. Yes. Out loud. Tell them how good marriage is. Show them how good marriage is and then talk about it. I'll tell you what, parents, you better talk to them early. Because the world's getting to them pretty early. I believe you ought to do this, talk to them often. Because the world sure talks to them often. If you have a young man or young woman that's not living right, you ought to lock them up. You say, you got any Bible for that? Actually, there is. Song of Solomon chapter 8 says it's about a young lady. If she be a door, if she be a wall, that's fine. We'll build a, a big advertisement. Our, our sister is available to be married. We'd like to get her out the house. Our, da our, our daughter, available to be married, be wonderful. If she's like a wall. In other words, if she's got stability and wisdom operating in her life. But if she's like a door, 
It's opening to everybody. He says this, you better build a wall around her. Parents, you better know what your kids are texting. You say, well, I trust them. You better know what's going on. Well, they don't like it if I build this pine wall around no more. Try oak. <laughs> Young people, my soul, if you have somebody who's built a wall around you, thank God, thank God. Thank God, thank God they're trying to save your life. You have a daddy or a mama talking to you about these things and encouraging you, and maybe even taking some, liber some liberties away from you. Hey, it's all for your good. Here's why. Because a fire in the house is fine as long as it's in the fireplace. Have I said that before? A water in a river is fine as long as it's within its banks. Hey, listen, somebody is trying to protect you from making a big old mess of your life. Why don't you help them? If you're not married tonight, I encourage you to wait for the one that God has blessed for you. Don't base your standards of courting, dating, talking, being official, whatever you want to call it. Don't base those standards on what is pleasing to you and others based on what is pleasing to God. Amen. Don't make your goal, how far can we go, but rather this, how can we protect one another's purity? Don't give up what you want most for what you want at a moment. Tonight, we're going to have an invitation. Here's the invitation. Some of you maybe ought to respond and just say, God, thank you for the message from the Word of God. I want to commit my life to a way of purity. Some of you have already done that. You know what you ought to do? Thank God for it and ask God to keep helping you because you can't do it on your own. Some of you need to get right with your parents. Some husbands and wives tonight need to pray together. I Listen, I realize the nature of this message can make an invitation a little bit different, but let's not let it do that. Let's let it do this. Make us get on our knees before God and cry out to God and say, Oh, God, I need your help. And God, I want to thank you. I want you to ponder tonight. Ponder the wisdom. God's the one who came up with this. This is so wonderful. Ponder the wisdom of married love and enjoy it God's way. Let's stand together tonight.